Please don't do that. I'll wet myself again. It's love joy actually. Hi, we're back. We haven't had a drink this time, so I don't know what. I don't know what. I've had one small gin. This is an experiment. I've had what I like to call. Tinker's breakfast. <laughs> More on that later. We're talking about episode three, series one, which is called The Sting. The Sting. Mm-hmm. Um, we. So what we thought we'd do is because we realised after recording two episodes um, that we need to put a summary really of what happens at the top of the show. Um, we kind of did it last time. We were going to do it officially this time by looking one up online but they're all rubbish yeah re- read out what it says yeah. happens helen for this one so i think there are not very many lovejoy episode guides online why on earth not and the one i did find says for this episode a shady dealer and her dishonest client hamper lovejoy's attempts to recover rare porcelains now as many listeners of our podcast are doing, I'm sure if you're watching along with us, you will recognise. Both of you, yeah, you will recognise that the that does not in any way describe this episode. So I'm going to try and kind of summarise a bit about what happens. Obviously, we're going to, we'll talk a lot more about a lot of this, um, but we'll just kind of give you a brief overview. So essentially, in this episode, we learn that Lovejoy is a forger. <gasps> And um, in the course of this episode, an aristocratic young lady appears and asks for Lovejoy's help in recovering some antiques for her. Uh, Gimbert um, gets involved. Lovejoy asks Gimbert to help him with this. Gimbert basically screws Lovejoy over, gets the antiques, um, instead of Lovejoy and his young lady getting them. And then Lovejoy, the young lady and his pals um, hatch a plan to get them back from Gimbert. So that's essentially the plot of this one. It dives straight into the plot. One of the things I quite like about Lovejoy is you don't get all this sort of. <gasps> oh, was it when she was? Policemen. It, there were two I forgot about the policemen. It started at a train station. Started at a, in a cafe at a train station. We all round about where the train two, station was. With two, it's not in Lavenham. There is no train station in Lavenham because I have obviously been there. Um, but there might be a train station in fictional Lavenham. So, um, so oh, all right. <laughs> We're not, we're not buying that. It's real. You're saying Lovejoy is isn't real. real. Yeah. All right. This is real. Um, uh, so it actually opens with, with two policemen uh, questioning him about a painting, which is where he says to the policeman, um, well, uh, yep, it's a forgery. Uh, I did it, but it's okay because I put my name on it. Which apparently makes it kosher. Uh, yeah, any would-be forgers out there, this is apparently how you get away with it. It's okay. It's not a forgery if you admit that it's we, your own. But so we're like, not saying that. Lovejoy's saying yeah, that. So, that. you know... Yeah, this if, is not if, official legal advice. <laughs> what, what did we think about We're not liable this? for any prosecutions that may result as a result of following that advice. <laughs> what did we think about this? Because there was a lot of forgery going on in all sorts of... This was of... definitely the theme of this episode, yeah, wasn't it? definitely. Fakes but, and forgeries. And but how to do them. How, <laughs> a, how to do them, because there was quite a lot of fun forgeries which we'll talk about in a bit and b the fact that even though it's sort of cheating it's not cheating because forging things has got its own specific rules that you have to follow and then it's a quote marks respectable trade Mm. and i suppose it does i mean in a way there are there are things you can buy that are okay not forgeries but you know in the style of yeah and it's a cheaper way of getting them yeah absolutely you know copies of certain like um, my Chanel handbag that I bought from a charity shop and they charged me £70 because I believed it was real and it was a fake. She's not bitter about that. Oh, well, I went to charity, so it's not that mm. bad. And it does look like a Chanel handbag and I really like it. But 
Do you and think they believed it was Chanel when they sold it to you? Or no. Oh. No, they definitely That's knew. That's getting into Lovejoy territory, Does it say Lovejoy on the bottom? Is that yeah. I'm going to go back and have a look. Thing? <laughs> Can I admit, so, so when they were looking at the painting... And they were saying, oh, I've signed my name. When I was picturing that in my mind, I pictured that he'd signed Ian McShane. (laughs) (laughs) Which is obviously bizarre, because obviously he would have signed Lovejoy. Does Ian McShane have an artistic bent, do we think? Do you think? From from his Lovejoy days. He wanted to be a footballer. His dad was a footballer. Oh, that's not the same His dad was a footballer. His dad played for Manchester United, and I think he's still got a season ticket, because when he comes back to the UK, he always goes to Old Trafford, and I'm going to shut up now. If you could see my face... He is from that area of Manchester he because he used, his parents used to live next door to my grandparents. He was born in Blackburn, though. He was born in Blackburn. He was. There you go. And, and they, they used to live in... next How have I missed all this? Really exciting. I, I didn't know he met Seamus from the North. Yeah, from Manchester. Born, oh, born in... well, that's put a whole new light on things. To do your research. <laughs> Don't do your research. See, I don't need I always... to do my research. I've got Polly. This is how I felt this was always meant to be, because he was born in Blackburn and I was adopted in Blackburn, which I know was oh. a bit of a stretch, a bit of a, you know... Oh, which felt a certain affinity if, if with not, Mr McShane. If you'd not known anything about your adoption, you could have been like, maybe... Just maybe. maybe. Ian McShane's my dad. Oh, but, but your dad's no. cooler than Ian McShane, so I won't worry about that. Yeah, so then what happened? Forging. So we meet, in this episode, <laughs> we meet Cuffy. Oh, oh Cuffy. He was so he's the, like like you're saying, um, he's the kind of epitome of the respectable forger, and he's one of the, the dying breed of these, you know, old Literally old-time. dying. We thought he was, he was going to we die. We thought he was going to die. He was making the... He yeah. was very frail. But Tinker says a lovely thing to him. What does he say about it's being a respectable... That forging is a respect. I wrote it down. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with good, honest forging. What I did like, he forged this letter, and then we got what was like a step-by-step... felt like I was on Blue Peter. There was like this step-by-step guide to <laughs> he'd, all... He'd ironed the paper or something. And he pressed, pressed paper, yeah. pressed paper, and then what did he do with the... He had some special He made a quill. He, ma- he, he used a real quill, and he made his own ink, didn't he? He made his own ink from oak gourds oak in gourds. the garden. Who knew you could do that? Okay, we do he, now. And then he's washed it in permanganate of potash. And then he said... No, um, I think he made the ink out of... No, he made the ink out of oak gourds. Oh, no, he did. I like right, the fact that he had acorns. I like the fact right, that he has just... a handy panangamate of potash just sort of Maybe lying he around. Maybe he's a forger. He's a forger, You, you used to be able to buy him boots, probably. What, really? Like, sanit- I'll have some sanitary towels and a panangamate of <laughs> potash. I, get like some to buy. I, I bought clove oil in boots and I felt like I was in the 1910s. All right, yeah, well, fair I, enough. I would just buy citric acid to make sherbet. In boots. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm obviously... None of us know what permanganate of potash actually is, though. It was like purpley liquid. Oh, and when you make fake documents, you don't wash it in purple, you wash it in tea. <laughs> so we had, a, we had a long chat. Did anybody else, when they were at school, used to... if um, you would often in history lessons be told for your homework or you need to write, you know, yeah. in the style of a newspaper from the 1800s. Yeah. And it was always the kids that tore the top, burned it a little bit and mm. poured some tea over it that got the good marks. You've got Whatever to... bollocks they'd written because they'd made it look old. That yes. was, that was me. I, I did, I'm not I did bitter that. about the fact that I was the one that actually went and, you know, looked she, stuff up. She wrote and... it in the language of the time. And, I then I, and then I imagine you went... But if this was a genuine newspaper from 1885, which we were reading in 1885... It wouldn't be burned and covered in tea. Exactly. It would look fine, because it is actually 1885. Anyway. Suspend your disbelief. I've got this out of my system now. The best way to do it is to crumple it up, the paper, I mean. Do Maybe do your own first. Crumple it up really, really tight. Put it in tea in the microwave. 
That's what I used to do. Uh, all these forging tips. Forging, forging tips. tips. We've, le- we've learned a lot tonight. If only I'd, if only I'd, I was about to say, if only I'd watched this when I was at school. I did watch this when I was at school. <laughs> I had absolutely all of them on video and when you I was go at away. school. Do you know what? You could now, couldn't you? Just go away and Google Pomangamate of Potash. Yeah, and probably like buy it on the internet. Shall I? Shall it's I probably, Yes. Find out what it is. You might Ask get, Google. Uh, you know, who knows about you used to make bombs or something. Be careful what you do. <laughs> in the middle of podcast, <laughs> the police break down yeah, as well. Yeah, <laughs> we raided. Right? So just, just watch it. You know. I realised I didn't know how to spell penangamate. So penangamate. Um, just put pomegranate of potash <laughs> and Google will go, do you mean... <laughs> and, then, and then you'll get loads of uh, targeted ads up. for forging things. <laughs> it's come up as the second... Oh, I wouldn't have thought it was spelt like that. It is... It is an inorganic chemical compound and medication used for cleaning wounds and dermatitis. And forgery. And forgery. And forgery, but it doesn't say that. So, yeah, so we meet Cuthy, but the reason they're doing all this forging... Should we talk about the the lovely young lady, Corinna? Oh, do let's. She reminded me of Princess Diana. Yes. She, did, she, she had a big the, uh, lady dialogue, didn't she? She was, I don't know if it was, she was probably quite in at the time because she was still very much. Um, yeah, because they got married in 1981. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a huge spoiler, but she's the most unbelievable former junkie. Yeah, she. When I was on Smack. Yes. Oh, I did that when I was on Smack. When I was on Smack for the 20 seconds that I was. <laughs> that I looked at some heroin. Oh my God. Yeah, oh. exactly. Mm. Um, but we first saw her nicking money out of a drawer it, it made her look like she was a sex worker and there was some really fit lad on the phone saying this mm. is this is the real deal this is this the good, is good stuff shit. I thought he meant antiques I, a thousand percent I, thought he I meant thought he plate. meant drugs yeah. yeah you're clearly a bit cooler than I am yeah. And she got out the front door and she legged it with his three grand or however much it was. I had no idea what we were talking about because I'd just written, oh, Lovejoy's carrying a baguette. He obviously still has French taste after the last I episode. I think it was a callback to the last episode. I think it was. I think it was for the loyal <laughs> viewers to go, we might spotted. be going to visit Vial. We all went, look, it's a baguette. Going to Fial's boat. It did look really odd. Because it was baguette. massively it's long. It's not a euphemism. He just had a really a baguette, big baguette. Like a, a flat bottom. <laughs> it was an oddly shaped baguette. Yeah. Maybe it's not called a baguette. If it's like that. Maybe it's the thing they have in Lavenham. Those well-known bakers. <laughs> Lavenham bakers. Um, yeah, so she legged it. And, and it was a really weird. The way the scene was cut in was so quick as well. I was like, mm. well, who's she? Oh, yeah, yeah, gone. yeah. It was like, yeah, blink and you miss it. And immediately get distracted by a baguette, clearly. Mm. Um, and then he, so he had his baguette, and then he, then so yeah, so this lady turns up, so the Corinna slash Lady Die turns up to Lovejoy. Well, does she turn up just in Suffolk randomly? I can't yeah, remember. she came to the auction. She finds she out where the auction because she's trying to find it. Yeah, so she's looking for these mice and figures that while she was on smack, she nicked from her mum. As you do. I mean, it's one of the... Uh... You've got to pay for your habits. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And she's trying to get them back because her father has recently died and they're going to sell all his stuff. And so the oh, absence so of these mice and figures will be noted. Mm. So she's trying to get them back before that happens. So she's in a spot of bother and she needs Lovejoy to help her out. But so... who's bought the mice and figures? Charlie Gimba. Get out, Charlie. Yeah. Lovejoy he, asks, weirdly, considering they supposedly hate each other, Lovejoy asks Charlie Gimbert to do him the favour of going to get the mice and figures at the auction. And they Charlie, don't hate each other, they love each other. I must say that Charlie Charlie really was peak dickhead in this episode, wasn't he? <laughs> he, was. he really was. We we talked quite a lot about, the, I think, the, the sort of, the idea of class, the class system, maybe that's just me because I can see the class system and everything. It was so evident in this episode. 
And there's this, he makes this comment, uh, and he said that this is how the relationship works. You do something for me and I give you money. Yeah. That's what Charlie said to him. Poor love. I would say poor love, Joy. Apart from the fact he lives in his, I'm still bitter about the fact he lives in a palatial, beautiful English cottage. Yeah, and then he says, if I had money, I wouldn't live in this place. And it's like, we all went We would. Yeah, we all would. Beautiful. Um, Yeah, so, so, yeah, love, Joy asked Gimbert to get these figures back for Corinna, Lady Di. And actually, Gimbert buys them for himself. <gasps> but yeah. does give Lovejoy the money back. Yeah, so he's not a complete yeah. tool. Oh, he is. But he is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. So they have to try and figure out how to get the figures back. Including breaking into Charlie Gimbert's house. His sister's there, my favourite. Not in a bikini this time. Yes, remember, she changed her hair. We couldn't understand what she was wearing. Because it, it was like night time, so I thought it was a nighty, but then yeah, yeah, I think it was it, a dress. It did look like nightwear. She was waiting for Lovejoy. So if you, those of you who have been loyal listeners will remember in episode one of the series... <laughs> That, yeah, basically, Lovejoy has it off with Charlie Gimbert's sister. Whenever we, whenever she's hanging around. But yeah. she, she seemed to think that's why he'd broken into the house. Yeah, to have it off <laughs> to have. And he was kind of like, uh, okay, I'll just go along with that then. Which he later that, on said, something came up. Yeah, but yeah. it's the worst. And why did he say that? Oh, because he'd left Eric waiting outside for two, for two hours, hours yeah. under a tree in what I'm going to assume was the freezing cold. Two hours is quite impressive, isn't it? Well, yeah. Maybe that's why it's called the sting. <laughs> <laughs> so a sting would be sure. No, no, sting is well known for the singer Sting. Oh. Oh. For having tantric sex that yes. goes on for a very, very, long, a very time. long time. Maybe that sting watched Probably it and that time. gave him the idea. <laughs> anyway, we're going off topic. Um, <laughs> Slightly. So, yeah, they hatch this elaborate plot, don't they, to get the mice and figures back from Charlie Gimbert. I don't think two hours is very long. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, which involves... But yeah, so basically, Lovejoy has this jade pot and Gimbert loves jade. Now oh, that's it, yeah. So and he's like, right, I'll put this in an auction and Gimbert will buy it. Um, well, Gim- no, Gimbert will want to buy it, so we will outbid him. No matter how much it costs, we will outbid him. They, they all get together, so there's Lovejoy, there's Corinna, there's, there's Lady Jane, there's Tinker, there's Eric. Is that they're all there. They're all, they're all there. there. The whole there. gang. The whole gang to get Gimbert. They're like, right, he'll, you know, we'll bid on it no matter how much it costs, we'll get it. We'll put some fake other things in the auction. So um, Lovejoy will bid for them as well. So Gimbert will want them. So Gimbert will get these other fake things and then we'll exchange very elaborate. They'd the this through. jade thing because he'll want to trade. So we'll exchange the jade thing for the fake thing. So the jade thing will be worth more. So we'll also get him to throw in the mice and figure. At this point, it's quite both, complicated. both me and Polly were like, what? Yes. Yeah. What's We're happening? relying it on Helen. It does kind of need a diagram. So, yeah. And yet they manage, they manage to pull it off. They pull it off, yeah. It's brilliant. There's Moe to celebrate. Where they get that from, I don't know. Oh, we've missed the bit where uh, Lovejoy gets the drug dealer and gets his heavies to throw oh, him in a car, which is know, a really though, clever bit. I think in the first episode there was terrible fake fighting, which comes there up was. again. This, this is going to be a theme right through. My favourite, favourite episode is the Christmas special in season five. And that has got, which we obviously will come to, but that has the most amazing fake fights I've ever, ever seen. So I'm there's something to look to forward it. to. But this one, with his heavies, who sort of came out of the car park. Right. Are you, you all right, Mr. Lovejoy? Mr. Lovejoy. Chase him out there, Mr. Lovejoy. And uh, they grabbed him very theatrically and threw him on the bonnet of a car, yeah. which was very pleasing. This is the drug dealer, so the drug dealer that Corinna stole the money off obviously comes to find her. I th- mm. Did anyone else think he was handsome or was it just me? The drug dealer was extremely handsome, 
Also, he went away quite quietly. I mean, because if he's a drug dealer, you imagine you have to be quite tough. Yeah, but maybe to he be a heroin dealer. He was a very posh drug dealer. Well, he was quite <laughs> smart. He was a very unbelievable drug like dealer. Like everybody else in the episode, he, he was, was a true yuppie, wasn't he? He was. He very yes. much with a yuppie car. There was some brilliant fashion in this episode. I really enjoyed it. Loved Joe Wall Converse for nearly all of it. Mm. Joe Wall Converse. It was a lovely jumper. Lady Jane had a lovely jumper. Oh, she, she was playing did. pool yes. in a lovely jumper. Oh yes. I thought that was that was a good. Yes, yeah, so la- the relationship between Lovejoy and Lady Jane continues to develop. At one point, she stood stroked his hair which was very sweet it was quick it was cute I thought it was really I was like oh okay I believe this a bit more now mm. and he didn't have it off with Lady Di Corinna did he he no, didn't actually so. I mean, not, the, not on screen even when she was wearing those horrific leggings that left not literally zero to the imagination <laughs> camel toe it was yeah. a serious serious camel yeah. it was a distraction it was a distraction yeah. so yeah they they did it they beat Gimbert at yeah. his own game they had lots of my way. Oh, and they realised they were £900 up. Which was brilliant. So basically everyone's a winner except Gimbert, who after this episode I don't like. Because, I mean, I don't like him anyway. Mm, well, he's, a, he's he's everything that's wrong with the Britain of 1980, six. whenever it was, six. Yeah. <laughs> what was that whole thing about how, yeah, there was a lot of like exposition of like Lovejoy and Gimbert's like, and relationship, relationship and how and they Gimbert, hate each other, Gimbert but they really love each other. sees it as, there, there was a, a lot of sort of master-servant thing going on here, I think, as well. Not not I just with know, him, just... but with with um, uh, Eric, you know, helping him out and oh, little Eric, little Eric, Eric did some really good lying in this episode. Yeah, he, he, terrible he, t- lying. he tells a lie and then he does this weird thing with his face. <laughs> He's got a really yeah, bad like, tell. Like, no, has anyone seen a Lovejoy round here? Lovejoy. Lovejoy. Ooh, what a strange name. name. <laughs> <laughs> Upon seeing a photo of Corinna, because the is trying to find her and showing her photo, he's like, mm, very pretty. But I've not seen her. Do you know the other things that thing that stood out? We've we've talked about the more drinking moe, which seems to be Lady Jane's go-to drink. Just well, when I think she's, she's in an attic, very sensible. When she's in an attic, or when choice. she wants to celebrate, or whatever. But the other thing we talked about a lot is they. Um, she just wouldn't see in a TV program any time really from like the 90s onwards was they were all smoking. Yeah, they're all smoking, and it wasn't like the bad guys were smoking because I get that. I get that you go, oh, that person's a bit edgy. In fact, the drug dealer didn't smoke at all, did he? No, the drug dealer didn't smoke. Who should be smoking because that's a drug. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, the very... We do oh, not condone drug usage in this podcast. I've forgotten. That. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Polly doesn't. <laughs> but um, we didn't... There was a woman at some point, the woman that who was just swanning around one of the... Auctions, auctions with her lovely legs and she had um, her name was Dawn she had a cigarette in a cigarette holder yeah, very nice but and they were all classy. smoking and it was I think smoking when we were we were saying when we were young it was still sort of glamorous I mean all yeah, pop yeah, yeah. stars yeah. smoked when yeah. we were, just like when we were young thing that everyone just and then did. as we got a bit older it, it, there was all those bans on advertising bans I'm just, on, I don't I'm, think you're even allowed to show people smoking now are you on, on are you or to be careful because I know that on stage and or in because it's banned now in public venues yeah, yeah. you can only smoke on stage if it's intrinsic to the plot Ooh, like the Ooh. cigarette is a murder weapon. So, well, not yeah. necessarily if the character, if it's really important, you have to be able to make an argument that it's important to the character. I think it was important to the character of Dawn because she had it in the cigarette holder. Because one of the things that... The, <laughs> and also, this isn't on stage. Yeah, so one, one of the things that like we were learning was that yeah. all, the, all the antique dealers 
they all kind of know each other and they're all mm. in this community of antique dealers and they all kind of know these secret rules and secret things. So when he sort of said that thing about her legs, she was like this cool cookie with her cigarette, like, uh, whatever. She Shut wasn't, up, she wasn't, she didn't fall for the charm of him. She didn't, she was just like, oh, you know, screw you. And all of the upper classes all knew each other. So yeah. Lovejoy went straight to Lady Jane to find out who Corinna was. Yeah. And it was just this completely natural thing where she was like, oh, let me think for just... Oh, yes, my cousin was at such, such and such posh school with her, yes. Do you know this person? Yes, of course I do. She's posh. Yes, exactly. All posh people know each other. <laughs> and we all know each other in the same way that I know every northerner who lives in London. <laughs> And she, and she does. Pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's the as you actually do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing, um, this, is, this is just a bizarre trivia, but it's the first oh, episode this about is this. First episode that we meet his daughter. Mm. Okay? And his daughter, oh, God, briefly, even though, again, she was not really intrinsic to the plot, so we're introduced to his daughter in this episode. And um, a daughter features quite a lot in, I think it's like series three and four, and then she comes back in series six. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers are incoming. Spoilers. But in this episode, she's called Kate. In every other episode, um, she's called Vicky. Ooh. Spelled V-I-K-I, which I thought was incredibly exciting when I was about 12. That's a cool, that's a cool, that's way, of cool. That's a cool way of spelling but it. I, look, I looked this up because I was thinking, does he, does he have two daughters? Um, and you never hear about Kate again. Mm. And they think actually it was just it was just a mistake. And that, that nobody spotted. I've looked oh. it up. There's a mention of it in UK TV and on IMDb that it's actually just an inconsistency. Is was the actress called Kate? I don't know. Well, the actress who played Vicky. There were two actresses who played Vicky, <laughs> and, and they were both called Amelia, but they were different people. Just well, that's in a future weird coincidence. Yes. We know, but the character was called yeah, Vicky, Kate. and she was an air hostess. So, do we ever? Are we ever going to meet Later on. Vicky slash? Well, no, Vicky. Let's just call her Vicky, even we, though she we, was called Kate. We, we, do we, we ever meet her mum? Yes, we do, but not <gasps> until not until series three. Oh God. How exciting. We've got to keep like, going till series three at least. I think the point of having the Kate... six series, strap yourselves in, guys. Yeah. Oh. For me, the point of the Kate thing was that he went to London to see her, even though, because he found out it was the same day as these mice oh, yeah, and figures were being auctioned. Yeah, I see your so point. So rather than like, you know, going off to like go to the auction and get the figures and do his love job, he thing, did genuinely possibly shag Corinna, et cetera, et cetera. He went to see his daughter and like spent time with it's her. Quite he did actually do the right thing. At detriment to himself. So I think it was kind of showing us that like he's a good dad or something. And that's what we were supposed to take from it. Sort of the tender side of Lovejoy. Yeah. They went to the Hard Rock Cafe, even queued. That is how much he cares about his daughter. <laughs> he stood in a queue for a burger. Uh, and I. Did you say you've been? No, I've never been. I've been. Oh, right. We'll, we'll have to go there as part of our I've, love I've not, joy. I've not actually been to the one in London. I've been to various hard rock cafes oh. around the world. Well, we should go. Right, we we're definitely going to go. There's not should, one in do, will we? Will we still have to queue? There's usually a queue still because it's still like a tourist attraction, isn't it? It's implausible tourist hard rock attraction. Cafe. Eric Clapton founded it. Wasn't it? Like, oh, like, I'm just, I like the fact that we're referencing a lot of Eric 80s. I, it was like, I thought it was like... It's got to be someone who plays a guitar, hasn't it? got to be also i feel pretty bad that i just said eric clapton was from the 80s which isn't technically no, he's true from forever he's from he's, he's from, eternal he's eternal. <laughs> he's from eternal he's, he's not from, it was, <laughs> so the hard rock cafe was actually founded in 1971 there you go no way founded in 1971 I did not know that Original. so then we're still queuing in 1986 still queuing in 1986 well they're still queuing in 2018 apparently I, I'm pretty sure I've seen queues at the Hard Rock Cafe the, uh, London was the first one which oh, I didn't realise I thought it
Whose piece of water? No I feel idea. like I should know. I feel like my classic rock. 1971. June classic the 14th. Classic rock trivia's letting me down. there on June the 14th. We oh, should. that's such a good idea. I, cause if you think about it, like, I think every episode oh, so far, maybe not all of them, but certainly the last one and this one have, have visited London, so we could definitely do like... Lovejoy London tour. So, so it's in 19, happening. So in 1979, Eric Clapton uh, gave a donated his uh, Red Fender lead two guitar uh, to the London restaurant and asked them to hang it above his usual seat, which they did. And he oh. started. Whoa, 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 wait, whoa, step back. Eric Clapton's got a usual He's seat a usual in this restaurant. He did in 1979. He's probably grown out of it now. Oh, I got bored of like eating the same burger for like 40 years. But this started a a trend where lots of famous people donated their memorabilia to hard rock cafes across the world. Oh man, there's probably some George Harrison stuff in there. And now they definitely go. And now they sell overpriced t-shirts as well. Well, I feel like I've learned. Okay, that was a little segue. But very useful. Not so much about Lovejoy. Anyway, let's move on. We've we've done it. I think we've we've done. I think we did have some and some other really important linguistic points that we like. Oh Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, the 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 bit the the linguistic student in me loved. They use the word grockle, so they refer to um, uh, tourists. Sort of, uh, or wasn't tourists? Was it? It it was tourists. Have you guys never heard the word grockle before? I've I've heard it. Well, I had, and I assume because it sounds a little bit northern to me. And then Lovejoy said to him, um, uh, said to the the guy that he was talking to, or do you? not know the lingo but when we looked it up grockle is actually not a uh, uh, east anglia word it's actually a west country word meaning tourists to devon or cornwall yeah and i think when he says do you not know the lingo it's it all ties back in with that you need to know the rules and you need to know what you're doing to be part of the antique dealers world and grockle is like a borrowed word to be part of the club so they've yeah. they've borrowed the word because it's a really good way of of demarcating somebody who's turned up to an Auction, without auction. knowing what they're doing I'm because d- they're just a tourist. Disappointed that it's not a northern word. Grockle sounds like it should be a northern word. It says that's how like, grockles it? should be going down snickets everywhere. You do, and because it was because <laughs> it was Ian Supping Lafrenet. The tea. Ian Lafrenet wrote it, and I thought, oh, he's got a northern word, but no, alas, it isn't. It's a West Country word. But there you go. I've learned something new. Also, as well, when someone someone was on the who was some auction worker sort of saying, oh. Well, maybe it was the train guy who was like, Lovejoy, someone's on the phone-in. And I did wonder, is that how they say phone? I think that was just someone who was really nervous about his first acting role. I think it's trying to do a Suffolk And then they thought, do you know what, we haven't got time for another take. Move (laughs) on, no one will notice. I was watching an episode of West Wing the other day, which I'm a little bit obsessed with, and they referred to Eritrea as Eritrea. And I thought, how did no one spot that? (laughs) Well, maybe it's like aluminum. Maybe that's how they pronounce it Maybe that's how the Americans pronounce it. I tweeted the podcast to ask, and no one replied to me, because they never Oh, well, we won't oh, be like we, that, no, listeners. We, we it's a continuing sadness please, of mine. Also, please never tweet us about anything. It's a continuing... Please tweet us. It's a continuing sadness of mine that Joshua Molina never replies to me. Oh. Um, so we learned quite a lot in this episode, I think. We learned that Lovejoy is a forger, but it's okay. It's not criminal forgery because he puts his name on it. Exactly. So there you go. If yeah. so, there's a lovely moment at the end where he we learn. Put your name on it. It's fine. The but, jade that well, he used to trick Charlie Gimp. We, right. we thought it was real all the way through because he look. He you see him looking at it and going, "Oh wow, it's uh, whatever it was." But was that is that the one that was? Yeah, the, yeah. That he kept fifteenth century. Lovejoy kept in his, and Lovejoy kept in, no, 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 like the green the, one. Yeah, the oh. jade. There were, of, there were a lot of pots. There were a lot of pots. There were a lot of pots in this episode. But... Yeah, we learned that the, we learned that that's a forgery, and Charlie Gimbert's assistant knows this, but doesn't tell Charlie Gimbert because he secretly hates Charlie Gimbert and only doesn't tell him that he hates him because he's close to retirement and doesn't want to lose his job as an old man. 
So that's great. What's our antique of the week? Oh, there were so many to choose from. But they were and all none fake. None of them were real. They're all none fake. Of them were real. We, we, had, we had a big discussion about this. Can we choose one each? Maybe like we each have our own favorite. I'm, I'm only going to choose the mice and figures because I don't think there were any antiques actually in it. Because they were all. We only saw the reproductions. Mice and, we only saw the mice and figures briefly. At also, the end. I don't actually know what a mice and figure is. Even, <laughs> even, even the stuff they were actually looking at in the auction house. Some of it was fake because they looked at yeah. uh, right at the beginning. They looked at this um, sort of cabinet. Wasn't a cabinet? Mm, yeah. it, was, it was a, like a dresser, a dresser. Like a dresser. Yeah. And he said that that was they were old. Somebody knocks one off every week. Yeah. So the whole episode, it was all about all about you know. It gave us as viewers a really good grounding into the world. Of I think my antique antiques. of the week is going to be M Chanel handbag that wasn't. Chanel handbag. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a picture of that on. Yeah. It's a really nice handbag that I'm too scared to wear in case I get mugged because okay. I'm that's, that's, our, that's our antique of the oh, week I think my one would be the jade pot I know it was fake mm. but, but it was I just, nice it was so beautiful and I we do like love a jade. jade and it took Lovejoy nine weeks to make and it was made with love so. yeah so totally well, so and arguably yeah. that's a piece of art then in its own right exactly so that's I it mean, is real it's just not what not, it purports it's to just be not, it is real it's just not old yeah and it's yeah. been an antique in not that many years. Well, time. it's probably an antique now. I wonder where it is today. That's Polly's Christmas present sword. Mm. Do you know what? A true, a true story. In 1994, for my <laughs> birthday, my uh, best friends from school got together and bought me the Lovejoy CD of Ian McShane <laughs> singing. It's a CD of... It's oh a CD word. of Ian McShane singing, and maybe if we could find some of the tracks. Yeah, where, uh, where, 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 where is this CD in here? In fact, I, I've lo- I've, well, I think I played it so much it actually broke. Oh. It actually broke. But one of the tracks on there, which brings us round full circle, which is rather lovely, is uh, I'll Be Watching You, which of course was written by Sting. Oh. oh, oh! I don't like the idea of Ian McShane singing. Oh, that's Ian, horrible. Ian McShane singing a bit of Sting. There you go. Oh. I'll see if I can dig him out and play him to you. Can you read the track listing, please? The tra- yes. I know the track listing without even. Oh, reading. give me your phone. Give me your phone. Testy now. <laughs> no, it's been a long, been a long time. Um, uh, the first song is Avalon. Oh, I can hear good. him sing. The second one is uh, Fool. If you think it's over. They're, I mean, they're good songs. They're, they're good songs. Third one, this guy's in love with you, which didn't really work. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, oh, but I don't know if I love it with the image. Yeah, no. uh, I'd really love to see you tonight. Uh, number five was actually used as the name of this album, which is from both sides now. The album's called Ian McShane from both sides now. It's the uh, Joni Mitchell track. Yes, it is, isn't it? What I would like is if they'd done a CD where all of the main characters had a song. Well, this, so this Lady Jane, was, Eric, Eric would do some like Black Sabbath or something. Yes. <gasps> they, they did yeah. that for Coronation Street in about 1992, didn't they? They released an album. <laughs> Oh, did you remember when, when <laughs> did um, because because Mike and Elmer Baldwin did mm. a duet on it of um I can't remember what it was. Uh oh something stupid. Wow. Mike and Alma Baldwin. And you could have like I'm a mine of I'm great at pub quizzes, guys. Just <laughs> Eric and Tinker could do it. They could. Duet. Duet. Something oh. stupid. Yeah, oh really it should be Lady Jane and Lovejoy that do that. What fact, we what are we gonna give that episode out of ten? I lo- I really liked mm. it. I think I'm going to give it an eight. It, I it, really did. It was very intricate. It had a genuine sting at the end that we went, oh my gosh, that actually did happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was good, wasn't it? But I'm just worried if I give it an eight, where can you go from There's eight? There's no room to go. I'm also going to give it an eight because I really loved it. And yes, okay, it's quite high, but I've still got nine and ten. 
for the really exceptional episodes, which I'm sure are to come. The greatest episode ever to come. You're going to have to wait until end of series five Christmas special. Oh, <laughs> oh 1993. Mm, so, so, yeah, eight brilliant. for me as well. So, I think we should complete the track listing just in case some people are listening going, what else? But what what comes else? next? Okay, so after From Both Sides Now, they've got I Don't Mind, I'm Not in Love. Oh. Uh, I could have been a sailor. Drive. Uh, who's gonna drive you home? I don't want to hear him singing any of these. That that was the reason he recorded that one is that was his wife Gwen Humble's favourite song. Oh. And he dedicated it. He dedicated it in the in the sleeve in the inside uh, cover oh. to his wife. That one. Anyway, that's a good song. Uh, uh, Every breath you take, a reason to believe, bluer than blue, a little in love, and the shadow of your smile. Oh, wow. Dear. It's available for seven ninety nine uh on uh I imagine it was on the se- a- Apple store. Seven ninety nine when it was released. Yeah. That was about yeah, more. Do you have CDs used to be like twelve pounds? You can so you, True. Yeah, you can you can buy it on the uh I'm gonna buy the C D. I think we should. Mm. We should. I say I used to have the CD, and I also um, I ruined the the little insert because it had lots of pictures of him in it. So I cut them up so I could stick them up. Oh, so I ruined the. That's so I was sweet. a very lonely fourteen year old. What that's all I can say? Uh, oh, Twelve. 12 let's not forget. I I did. Well, I didn't do exactly the same thing because I had access to a photocopier, um, but I photocopied the back of Rubber Soul because it's got those really cute pictures. Of oh, it does actually. George does. Harrison like in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally <tough. laughs> George Harrison in a bush. Well, on, that note, on that note, on that note, on that note, but Emma, you haven't given your mark up ten. Oh well, mm, this is like when you do interviews, isn't it? And you're like, oh God, well the other two think that it's this, so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna say a, a strong seven. A strong seven, excellent. Maybe seven point five. Yeah, I don't want to sway you. No, I reckon a strong seven is probably seven point seven five, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. It's basically eight. <laughs> um, up to eight. Right now, we're going to watch another one, and we're going to we're going to like wig out to Ian McShane's album, have a drink, and see if there's any difference in quality between this episode and the next one we're going to record with um, wine. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. I think we sounded more drunk on this one. <laughs>